It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, March 17, 2022. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky's address to a joint session of the United States Congress Wednesday morning was a galvanizing moment for that institution and possibly for the world. Zelensky delivered his remarks from his embattled capital in Kyiv, where he has led the resistance to the Russian invasion, which began on February 24th. KCAW spoke to U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski later Wednesday afternoon to hear her thoughts on Zelensky's address. It is pretty compelling to to listen to a man, to look at a man, and to know that all around him in his capital, buildings are are being bombed. People are dying on the streets and in their apartments, and he is standing there before the free world, asking for help and support, reminding us of the values that the people of Ukraine are fighting for. They are fighting for the same values that Americans hold dear. And to remember that as we provide the aid and support for him. And so I have been moved to say we must do everything that we can to help the people of Ukraine because their fight is the fight of the free world. Following Zelensky's remark, President Biden announced another $800 million in aid to Ukraine. Senator Murkowski said that anyone who wasn't swayed by President Zelensky's argument should watch the short video he played for the joint session of Congress. If that didn't touch the heart and the core of every one of us, then we didn't have our eyes open, she said. In other news from the U.S. Capitol, President Joe Biden on Tuesday signed an omnibus funding package for fiscal year 2022 into law. The nearly 3,000-page bill includes a reauthorization of the Violence Against Women Act, or VAWA. KNBA's Trip J. Krause has more. As a Delaware senator, Joe Biden helped write the original piece of legislation nearly 30 years ago, has long championed the law. As president, he spoke about the measure on Wednesday. Even in 1994, we knew there was much more we had to do. You know, that was only the beginning. That's why, because of all of you in this room, every time we reauthorize this law, it's been improved. It's not like we didn't know we wanted to do these other things in the beginning. As we did as much as we could and keep trying to add to it. The law focuses on domestic violence and sexual assault survivor programs. The reauthorization includes language that empowers tribes to prosecute non-native offenders of child violence, sexual violence, sex trafficking, stalking, and other crimes. The tribal provisions of the VAWA reauthorization also create an Alaska pilot project that will allow a small number of native villages to exercise special tribal, criminal, and civil jurisdiction over non-native offenders in some cases. Akiak Native Community Chief Mike Williams is also the Alaska Region Vice President for the National Congress of American Indians. In a news release from the National Indigenous Rights Organization, he said that, quote, This reauthorization of VAWA empowers us to take the necessary steps to build healthier and safer tribal communities in Alaska and across Indian country for generations to come, end quote. In Anchorage, I'm Trip J. Krause. The Violence Against Women Act includes several million dollars in funding for Sitka, including a new facility for youth advocates of Sitka. As reported, Senator Lisa Murkowski worked to include a pilot program that would allow communities with no law enforcement to pursue some criminal matters within the tribal court system. KCAW spoke to Senator Murkowski about her role in the Violence Against Women Act. We'll have more news on that story later in the week. 
Despite winning the Southeast Region 5 1A tournament earlier this month, the Cake Thunderbirds will not be going to the state tournament this week in Anchorage. Following their return from Juneau on March 7th, multiple players, fans, and family members tested positive for coronavirus, sparking a community-wide outbreak. As of Wednesday, the city was reporting 28 active cases, including some athletes. According to Cake Superintendent Rich Catahay, although it's been disappointing, the decision was made with the city's mitigation plan and CDC guidelines in mind. Uh, we looked at the health and safety of our students, and that's our priority. Many of our community members have COVID, and so do uh, some of our students. We looked at the situation. We're in remote learning. We're in red. We, we just don't want to send our kids out. On Sunday, Alaska Schools Activities Associate Director Isaiah Vreeman acknowledged the Thunderbirds as the Region 5 1A champs and said the association will be sending them a care package to congratulate them on qualifying for the state championship. The Alaska House Finance Committee plans to spend some extra state money from high oil prices on funding public education a year ahead of time. Nome Democratic Representative Neil Foster says education is a priority for the House majority. Obviously, stability is an issue when the school districts need to build their budgets. And so, um, you know, we've, we felt that it's important that, you know, with the amount of money that's coming into the coffers now, now is a good time to provide that stability to school districts. The committee updated its version of the budget Wednesday with $1.2 billion committed to public schools beyond what it already planned. If the plan becomes law, that would mean there's enough money budgeted to cover the state's share of school costs through June 2024. That's roughly one-third of the additional money the Department of Revenue forecasts the state will receive in its spring revenue update on Tuesday. The committee would save much of the newly forecast revenue. Committee member Bryce Edgman says the legislature should take a cautious approach in how it plans for oil revenue that may never arrive. He's a Dillingham Independent. We come from a commercial fishing background. I've yet to see a commercial fisherman spend money before his net goes in the water. And that's essentially what we're doing here. Governor Mike Dunleavy has proposed saving nearly all of the forecast surplus. He also wants the legislature to pass two permanent fund payments he proposed, totaling $3,700. The forecast didn't change the House Finance Committee's approach to the dividend. The committee is proposing a one-time energy relief check that would be the same size as the dividend it's proposing. The total would be roughly $2,500. The committee's current plan is to consider amendments to the budget on Monday. Once the committee finishes its work on the budget bill, the entire House will vote on it before it goes to the Senate. Sitkins gathered on a wet and windy Tuesday afternoon for the Herring Rock Blessing. The traditional ceremony is a celebration of herring as they arrive in Sitka Sound to spawn and an invocation of the renewal of life that comes each spring. KCAW's Robert Woolsey attended and sent this audio postcard. Yech Anatsis Tom Gamble is the master of ceremonies at Herring Rock, which once stood near the tide line in Sitka Channel, but now rests in front of the Shikakwan Nakahidi Tribal House. Yich Anatsis calls to the attending houses. Yich Anatsis is Kiksadi Clayhouse. An important aspect of the ceremony is acknowledging the duality of Tlingit culture, Raven and Eagle, Kiksadi and Kagwantan. Gamble invites two Kagwantan to sit in honor, holding the peace hat given by the Russian government in reconciliation to Sitka's Tlingit and the frog hat, 
This is Harvey Kitka and Dr. Tom Thornton. Thank you. It is not me holding this hat, but my great-grandfather, Rudolph Walton, and my grandfather, Charlie Daniel Sr. Kiksadi, Stanuk was his name. Gunnarschisch. Gunnarschisch. It's not me holding this hat. It is my adopted relative, Bacadwan Tan, and we are proud to be an outer shell for our raven Kiksadi. Gunnarschisch. The highlight of the ceremony is the presentation of herring regalia worn by two of the herring protectors, Caitlin Stiles and Lucretia Johnson, who lead the ceremony in song. The robes are blue, like the ocean, and embroidered with silver herring. Another protector, Louise Brady, explains that they are the centerpiece of a traveling exhibit which will educate the rest of the country about the importance of herring to the environment and people of Southeast Alaska. A very wet mist has settled over Sitka by the time Yek Anatsis concludes the blessing by asking each of the houses present to pour water he's collected from all the major rivers and streams in the sound. He then thanks everyone for braving the elements to attend the Herring Rock Blessing and reminds us that the damp cold is a sign that winter is changing into spring and the Herring are returning soon. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Taking a look at the community calendar. The Alaska Food Festival and Conference is Thursday through Saturday, March 17th through 19th online. You can find the full agenda as well as registration information by following a link on the community calendar posting. The monthly Wuchin Health Networking and Learning Meeting is at noon today via Zoom. For more information, go to sitkahealthsummit.org. To join the meeting, email amandar at search.org. The public is invited to hear Callie Simmons speak about hiking the Oregon coast at 6 p.m. today via Zoom. Participants should sh- sign up by noon today. For more information or to register, contact Margo at margo.oconnell at cityofsitka.org or by calling 747-4020. Sitka Tribe of Alaska's Natural Resource Committee meets at 6.30 p.m. today via Zoom. The meeting is open to the public. For a link, you can call 738-3165 or email elizabeth.borneman at sitkatribe-nsn.gov. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.